Welcome to Trained. I'm Ryan Flaherty, Senior Director of Performance at Nike. I've trained some of the world's best athletes, like Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota, and Serena Williams. At Nike, we believe that greatness isn't born, it's trained. And training is more than just a workout. Each episode will bring you conversations with leading experts in what we call the five facets of training. Movement, recovery, sleep, nutrition, and mindset. This week, we bring you the final episode of season one of Trained. We'll be back at the end of December, so make sure to subscribe so you'll hear from us when we return with season two. Until then, we've got something pretty special for this last episode. One of the crazy things about working at Nike is that the place you show up to work is also the same place where some of the world's best athletes go to improve their game. And it's a privilege, because sometimes you get to sit down with one of those athletes. This week's guest is Matt Frazier, the three-time CrossFit world champion. He stopped by the Nike campus to talk to our footwear team about the next generation of Nike Metcon. Matt's been an awesome partner over the last few years, helping us stay close to what athletes need from their shoes. And this time, he also took us through a workout. It was no joke, you guys. It was so hard. I had a great time talking with Matt. Not only is he at the heart of some of our best Metcon innovations, but he has some great insight for people who train, whether you're a beginner or you're an expert. He might be known as the fittest man on earth, but it's not all medals and victories. He's gone through some really big lows and some really high highs and tries to balance the pressure of winning with his love for the sport. I think you'll take a lot away from this episode, so let's get to it. Matt, thank you, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So can you just talk a little bit about how you got into uh, CrossFit and, you know, that journey for yeah. you? Yeah. Um, so it started out, uh, so I did Olympic weightlifting for 10 years. And uh, at the end of my weightlifting career, you know, I think I just got just got burnt out. Um, my my big goal was to make the Olympics. Mm. But I, I saw where I was in the rankings. Um, so I was never, I, I didn't think it was possible for myself to get that number one spot. Yeah. Uh, just got burnt out on weightlifting, you know, uh, big recovery from my back. I broke my L5 in two spots. Oh, wow. So that was a big surgery, big rehab coming back. And it just took too much out of me. It made me lose the love for it. Yeah. So I just went went to school full time at UVM, and uh, and just typical college student gained a bunch of weight. You know, <laughs> uh, wasn't wasn't happy with how how I was looking, feeling, anything. Mm-hmm. And so I figured, okay, I'll I'll start doing weightlifting again. Just uh, stay in shape, getting just yeah, just yeah. get in better shape. I don't want to compete. I don't want to try to hit certain numbers. Just casual for fun, and. Uh, and as known with weightlifters, you know, if, if you're out of town and need barbells and bumpers, you go to a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. So I just Googled CrossFit in Vermont. Champlain Valley CrossFit popped up. I went in, introduced myself, and and they were more than happy to just let me come in, use use their <laughs> weights. And uh, and then that was basically it, you know. Wow. They, um, Champlain Valley was hosting a CrossFit competition, and, uh, and the owner said, you know, I want you to sign up for it. And... I didn't have the fifty bucks for the entry fee, so he signed me up with the deal that, hey, if if uh, if you win any prize money at this competition, you need to buy a pair of shoes that are appropriate for, <laughs> for the gym. And uh, so I did. What that. were you wearing? What shoes were you wearing? Uh, I was, I, well, so I was I was wearing Air Max nineties with a <laughs> little air bubble. Yes. And I remember he <laughs> he pulled me aside. I was doing back squats one day with like four oh five. Oh no! And he was like, hey. I don't know if you should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those air bubbles are great, but yeah. I don't know about 405. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyways, they, 
I, I ended up winning the competition, and it was five hundred bucks prize. And and for me, like I had never won a dime doing weightlifting, so five hundred bucks. I was like, oh my god, yeah, this is great. <laughs> As a broke college student, you know, it's, for sure, yeah, the five hundred bucks is a lot of money yeah. for a broke college student. Yeah. And uh, and so I asked, you know, are there more competitions like this in the area? They said, oh yeah, every weekend you can hit hit one up. And so that's what I started doing. You know, driving around New England. If if there was uh, any prize money, I was showing up and. You know, it slowly built, you know, hit a $500 competition, then 1000 2000 mm-hmm. 4000 You know, it, like, for the situation I was That's in, I'm, awesome, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then that just kind of slowly built up into competing at regionals, going to the games. And my first year at the games, I, I grabbed a second place, um, which was completely unexpected. So I was wow. through the roof, and I was like, okay, I, I think I'm going to give this thing an honest try. That's incredible, man. That's a great story. So three years running now, CrossFit Games champion. That's uh, yeah, it's a pretty amazing feat. I mean, it's how does it feel, man? How do you how do you feel after winning for the third time? You know, after this year is a big relief. Um, you know, every year there's there's an enormous sense of accomplishment and yeah. being proud of myself. But uh, it was a big relief. You know, coming yeah. coming to the end of the weekend and it's like, okay, everything worked out. Yeah, no doubt. What with the way the week's structured, I mean, for me, it looks like it. It, it pretty much comes down to how you recover. What do you what do you do throughout the week to recover to get your body back as best you can for the next event? A huge, huge piece of of competing there is is recovery. You know, I'm I'm doing everything I can throughout the entire five days. Mm-hmm. You know, every piece of what I'm doing is revolved around that. And um, you know, I have a great team around me. I have my fiance, uh, Sammy, that just when we're at the games, you know, there's a massage table set up. In, in the hotel mm-hmm. room, and basically as soon as I'm done the marathon row, she's just sitting there for an hour, two hours, yeah, just doing body work on me, uh, very kindly reminding me that I need to eat, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. just like force-feeding me. Yeah. Um, because, you know, after something like that, I have no appetite. I don't want to do yeah. anything, but but she knows and she's in a bit of a clearer headspace. For sure. To, <laughs> To tell me like, no, you're gonna eat this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do how do you eat? What's your nutrition like? So I I don't follow paleo zone mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, and I basically just try to eat wholesome foods, non processed stuff. You know, just clean meat, vegetables, fruit. I don't track any of my food. I just try to eat consistently throughout the day. You know, a couple years ago, I paid no attention to my my mm-hmm. diet. Um, ate terribly <laughs> and I had these huge peaks and valleys in, in my energy levels throughout the day when I'm training and, and it affected my training, you know, I start lifting heavy and, uh, and be getting lightheaded. And then I look back, like, oh yeah, I haven't eaten in 12 hours. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like on the verge of passing out right now. Right. So it's just a nice consistent energy level. Yeah, you know, my great. body weight stays fairly, fairly consistent throughout the whole season. What do you want that? What do you want your body weight at? generally um i i found i usually feel best and perform best when i'm sitting uh light 190s mm-hmm. so in between 190 195 gotcha um but like when i first started started in the sport i once had a three-month period where my body weight went from 169 to 203 wow um i was a full-time student and Got eating it. eating chinese food <laughs> yeah, off a, off a truck yeah, uh yeah. five times a week <laughs> You know, my training wasn't consistent. You know, my gymnastics all of a sudden becomes a weakness because mm-hmm. I just gained 30 yeah. pounds. My weightlifting goes through the roof. Um, yeah, there's that balance, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. And then so going into competition, it's, you know, wor- certain workouts come up and I'm I'm thinking like, 
oh, I'm not the same person I was three months ago. How do I attack this workout? What's the best approach for me, you know? Yeah. Um, so now it's just trying to keep everything consistent. And, mm-hmm. uh, so when I go into a workout with something that I've never seen before, I know how my body's going to react. Yeah. You know, so you, you talk about training and training the way you do. And again, my experience with, with some of the athletes I've worked with is there's this intrinsic motivation. I think a lot of times athletes go from this external motivator where they're trying to get out of the situation they're in. They're, they, they want you know, money, they need to, get, you know, financially they're trying to work their way out, yeah, absolutely. But, but it always has to come back to an intrinsic internal, mm-hmm. you know, motivation for, for them. What is yours? So, you know, uh, I, I don't think I'm any different, you know, in the start, um, I've, I've always been fairly open about it because I know it's not the popular answer, but in the beginning it was purely financial. Survive. You're just trying to survive. It was, yeah. So from the start of my career, it was anytime I got any money from a competition or sponsor, anything, I would take 10%, buy something that I wouldn't normally buy, you know, and whether like a nice designer pair of jeans, Hmm. you know, like just something that frivolous that reward yourself or yeah, exactly. You know? Um, and then I would take the rest, put it in savings, pretend like it didn't exist. It's stashed away for my future. Hmm. And so I, I did that for probably the first two years. And, and someone asked me, you know, what, what are you saving up for? And I thought, you know, if I could end my CrossFit career and have a down payment for a house, I, I would be very oh. happy. And I remember they laughed. Oh, they, they thought that was the funniest thing, and they laughed. No, and, and I just kind of said, okay, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens in, in, in the future. Yeah. But I know how I am. If I set a goal, I'm I'm not going to stop until I hit it. Do you see those, those people around? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> That's so good. And, I mean, like, I... I understand where they were coming from in terms of, you know, what are you saving for? No, you know, of course, the, yeah. the answer is probably for most people like, oh, I want to buy a dirt bike or, oh, yeah, I yeah. want to buy a watch or mm-hmm. a down payment of cars, yep. you know? Yep. So having that answer was probably out of left field and that's kind of why they, they mm-hmm. giggled at it. But, but for me, that was, you know, if I could end this and basically come out of college with a down payment on a house, you know, I think that it's given me a good stepping stone for my future. Yeah. Did you get there? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, after my first year at the games, it was a decent, yeah. decent paycheck for second place. Uh, and you know, I just kept setting goals and kind of chipping away at them, usually getting to them a little bit sooner than I was expecting. And so the goals just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, here we are. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, the athletes I work with that I, we, we do a lot of the goal setting stuff and taking them through and making them really tangible, things like that. Like I want a down payment on a house in two years. Like you have to have those types of things to where you, you have that in your mind that you're out, you're striving for. Otherwise, you know, you don't, you don't know how, you don't know where you're going unless you, you can see it. You got to yeah. be able to visualize and see that kind of stuff. So mentally, how do you, gra- how do you grapple with that, that success that you've had to, to, you know, first to say, wow, this is amazing, you know, and just look back on your life and be blown away by what's happened so far. But also how, how do you use that and, and not let it get to you to where you get comfortable, uh, you know, being at the top? Cause most athletes I work with, I know once you get to the top, that's the hardest part then is, is maintaining and staying there. Cause everyone's shooting for you, you know? You know, I think, I think a big thing that, that helps with that is, uh, just going through and thinking like this could have so easily not been my life, you yeah. know, it, I, I don't know what caused it to happen, but I could have very easily just graduated college, gotten a nine to five in a cubicle. And I mean that you can write the rest of the story yeah. from there. Yeah. And, you know, I probably would have been very happy doing something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but 
that's not what happened. And, <laughs> and so we've gotten to travel the world to have all these crazy experiences, meet some phenomenal people. And, and at the end of it, during it, you know, we're sitting there like, how did this happen? You know, how did we end up here? Yeah. This is crazy. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then following, following that up is how did we get here? You know, it's, it's that hard work, you know, it's mm-hmm. those long days. And so, you know, it's just keeping that strong support system around Absolutely, yeah. uh, that good or bad. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. Do you have a vision for your career from here on out? So, you know, kind of on that aspect of things, you know, I, I don't have a number that I'm chasing mm-hmm. or anything, you know, I, I feel like setting up the goals of like, okay, I want to, I want to win this many titles. Yeah. There's so many variables that go into that that are out of my control mm-hmm. that something could happen and it could just cut cut my goall off like and it had nothing to do with me Absolutely, you know? yeah yeah you can't control yeah just you driving know. driving home and you get t-boned by a car and you have an injury that takes you out for a season yeah you have zero control yeah I mean part of why I was asking you too is because last time you won the games were on campus and just chatting and you said something that stuck with me and I def- I actually repeated it a few times a few female athletes I work with is that you mentioned something about rowing in your basement, like staring at a white wall for hours on, on end. Yeah. And nobody sees that work. You yeah. know, they see, they see like, you know, you go into the box and doing, doing the workout with people, but they don't see that afternoon session where you're grinding on a rower by yourself, kind of just staring at a wall, you know? And it's that love of, of that lonely work that I think is what separates the great ones from the everyday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and like, I, I didn't always have uh, a great work ethic, you know, I was, I was your typical teenager, lazy, you know, <laughs> cutting corners, all that. And I remember, I, I remember the first time I had that feeling of satisfaction of I worked my ass off and I got the results I was striving for. And it wasn't, it wasn't workout related. That was in school. Mm. You know, uh, when I first started school full time, I did very poorly. You know, uh, I treated it the way I always treated school. Like when I was in high school, I didn't, I didn't do homework. I didn't study for a test. And it reflected when I started taking real college classes and yeah. seeing these grades. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. And uh, so a friend of mine that did very well, I'm like, how did you how did you do that? He's like, oh, well, I study a lot. I was like, hey, like, do you mind showing me how to study? And, and he did. He, the next day, he's going up to the library to sit in the library and just read the textbook the chapters that were required and, you know, just simple stuff, but it was so foreign to me. Yeah. I didn't even know where to start. And I assume that's how a lot of people are that have never set foot into a gym before. It's very intimidating. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you walk in and everyone else looks like they know what they're doing. And it's like, Oh man, did I miss, did I miss something? (laughs) I don't know what to do, you know? Um, but you know, I, I don't think it's coincidence that so many people that are successful in one area are also successful in other areas, Mm -hmm. you know? We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll hear more from Matt Frazier. So stick around. Training doesn't just happen in the gym. Getting fit is about working out, eating right, sleeping well, and letting your body recover. And all of that can start with Nike Training Club app, where you'll find unlimited free workouts and holistic guidance from Nike experts. It's even got workouts with some of the same drills that Matt does to stay fit. And personally, I use the app to work out anywhere. My living room, hotel room, wherever I have a bit of space. So download it now. Available on both Android and iOS.
So Matt, you went from being a college kid earning $500 a competition to being a sponsored athlete and the fittest man on earth. Can you just talk about how it feels to be at that level? It doesn't feel real. I'll tell you <laughs> that. Um, you know, it's, it's very odd. I, I still look at myself as that normal scenario mm-hmm. of, you know, just regular day to day, you know? Um, so, you know, seeing something like that, it just doesn't, doesn't feel real. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it has built up over time, very gradual. So, you know, the normal gets moved an inch and then another inch. And then, so it's very gradual. And yeah, someone once told me, you know, uh, some guy was talking, somebody was talking about them reaching the pinnacle of their field. I forget where they, what they were in, but they said it, the quote was, you know, it happened over, it happened all of a sudden over a long period of time, basically, yeah, you yeah, know, like exactly, it, it feels yeah. to you like it just happened or to other people it just happened all of a sudden. But you, when you look back, you can really trace it back to a very long period of time, you know, but even though it felt, still feels like, yeah. man, it's like just, just, this just happened to me. You, know, yeah. you can remember being that college kid studying in that room. Now being a Nike athlete, you obviously have an amazing opportunity to kind of take part in designing, you know, shoes and being a part of the Metcon. Like, how, how does it feel to, to be a part of the design process for the shoe that, you know, so many people use and wear? You know, it was, uh, when it first happened, um, I, I remember it specifically, you know, there, there was, uh, a handful of us athletes that were all, all brought out to Oregon and into the Nike headquarters. And they're like, all right, we're going to make all you guys meet with all the designers and people that have been put on, on the shoe. And, uh, they want to hear your thoughts. So, you know, I, I kind of roll my eyes like, ah, no, they don't, (laughs) they don't, they don't want my input, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, I just figured it was, type of thing like it's such a big company there's so many moving parts that it doesn't matter what we say you know it's it's such a huge ship to try to change their course even one degree takes a lot of power and a a lot of time and um so they asked our inputs and you know is there anything on this shoe that you want to see different next year on the next model blah 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 and uh and i remember i gave my input and then it was like a matter of weeks later, they sent me a prototype. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh my God, like you guys listened, you did it. And, and that was so unbelievable to me of like how popular this product is, how many people are seeing, how many people are working on it. And then you're listening to my opinion in this random boardroom mm-hmm. and then it happened. <laughs> and so that was just mind boggling to me to realize they're actually listening to my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so every model coming out since then it's been the same thing and and so now i definitely take more time to form an opinion and make sure it's well stated and actually because they're, they're really listening to you well exactly <laughs> yeah. you know before the the first time i went in just so so nonchalant didn't think my what i was going to say beforehand nothing and then they listened made the changes and so i realized the weight of it and i realized that there's more of an opportunity to make a much better product it's, especially like this is the shoe I want. This is what mm-hmm. I want to see happen. And there's a strong possibility that they're going to listen and make it happen. Yeah, so. that's incredible. Yeah, you're, you're in, you're in rare, uh, rare fried air. I mean, there's only a few, you know, athletes in the world that get a chance to really contribute on his shoes. It's a pretty cool opportunity. Can you talk a little bit about one uh, advantage you feel like the Metcon gives you in your training? Yeah, you know, th- there's definitely a couple that jump out. Um, and kind of like what we were talking about before of, you know, the first meeting we had, and, you know, what what changes would you like to see to the shoe? And and they listened. And the the one thing that jumped out to me was in, in the meeting, I said, like, 
you know, a problem I see all the time is like we do a lot of handstand pushups. Why not make the heel, put a little heel clip on, on the shoe that was just out of a different material that slid up and down mm. the wall for handstand pushups. Yeah. It wasn't sti- like, you know, catchy, like, the yeah, it, it wasn't like mm-hmm. a soft rubber that's yeah. sticking. Um, because you know, we, we saw a bunch of, I remember when I first started competing, you'd see guys, if the work had started with handstand pushups, they would take their tube socks and pull them down over wow. their sneakers so that they had a smooth surface to go against. Yeah. And, uh, so you know, that was something that for, for me looking at it, I'm like, this is such an easy change and the benefit is going to be huge mm-hmm. and no one else has done it. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, that was the iteration on the That's great. next prototype that I got. I'm like, Oh my God, they listen. This <laughs> yeah. is crazy. That's so cool. Um, and then another thing that's just super simple was, was like the grips for rope climbs. You yeah. know, it's the type of thing that if you don't use it, it's not in the way. It doesn't affect you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they incorporated it so it looks good. So it's not like. Yeah, it doesn't stick it, out. It doesn't thumb, stick yeah. out. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's just so effective that when you do go to do that movement, it's just makes life so much easier. Absolutely. Yeah. And keeps your, your shoes, you know, last way yeah. more durable. Um, yeah, that's great. What would you say is your. What's your favorite go-to colorway and model? Oh, uh, I mean, any anytime I can get an all-black and gum sole, uh, <laughs> it's I definitely love. I love the That's simplicity the of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. And you know the every model of the Metcon that's come out when when they first show me the the new model, this is what's going to get released in a couple months. I always think like, oh, you know, I I've grown to love this shoe. I'll probably keep wearing this one. Mm-hmm. And then the new model comes out. I wear it. I'm like, okay, yep, this one's better. <laughs> yeah. And it's it just on repeat every time. And, yeah. and so right now it's, if I'm in the gym, I have, I have on the Metcon fours that, mm-hmm. so. That's your go-to. That's yeah. awesome. What, um, so think of the last workout you did, the workout you're about to do. Tell people what that workout is. So if people wanted to follow along, they could with you for one day. I've taken the better part of a month off. Yeah. But most then, likely for me, it'll be a challenging workout. So I just, I'll, I'll jump in with it. So I, I think Yesterday we did a, what was it, a 20-minute EMOM. I think there was five stations, so just rotating through. Um, and it was like minute one was uh, like an agility course with burpee broad jumps. Minute two was uh, like 20, 20 sit-ups. Minute three was 20 thrusters. And then minute four was, what was it? Oh, overhead walking lunges with a 45-pound plate and then uh, 20 ball slams. Okay, perfect. So just 20 minute imam. Yeah. Yep. Simple. You know, I, I, I like doing the emails cause you're only looking 30 seconds, 45 seconds ahead. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, for a lot of people who are listening, you know, cause I have a f- kind of personal story about this, but a few years ago, um, there's a few Nike athletes that had asked for me to do some work on some strength uh, programming for them, just, you know, small little areas that they needed mm-hmm. weaknesses. And so I started working on with them. And one of the things that they came back to me with was, have you ever done CrossFit? And as a, you know, strength coach, I just never had done it. I always programmed for myself, just not something I'd ever gotten into. They were like, well, you can't really write program from us unless you, you know what you were feeling like. And I'm like, you know, it's fair. So I'll try it. So for, uh, six months, I went to a box and, and jumped right in, right. Yep. Both feet. And it was, probably one of the most challenging things I've ever done just because it, it just will attack your weaknesses. Um, what do you feel for people who are listening that have never given CrossFit a try? Like, what would you say is a good first step for them if they want to check it out? The simple answer is literally just 
just go. Mm. You know, uh, I, I think I, I know it's how I was when I first started a even going to a gym. And then B again, when I, uh, started doing CrossFit was, um, you know, you walk in and it's like, everyone knows where everything is, everything like there's a lot that can be intimidating, you know, just the lingo of CrossFit. If, if, yeah. if it's your first day in there and someone's AMRAPs, EMOMs, you know, <laughs> yeah. this, um, you know, it can be intimidating, Yeah, but just n- being confident in the fact like, okay, everyone here was a beginner at some point. And then a, a big, I think a big part of it too is if you're coming into a gym by yourself, you know, you already see kind of all the groups of friends in the gym. Well, like where, where do you even start the conversation, you mm-hmm. know, of getting to know people? Uh, but when you, when you're coming in, you know, you're not in it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're coming into, into this experience with four or five other people that you get to know over the, over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, uh, that's great. What would you say the big one, like a common misconception about CrossFit? You can scale it. Yeah. For I mean, any, that, I any ability. Yeah. And, uh, I yeah. think, I think that's a big thing to make known for sure. Every, every single workout has an option to where, you know, if you've never touched a weight in your life, there's, there's something you can do with yeah. body weight only, but Absolutely. you're going to get a great workout out of it. And it's not going to crush you to where you can't, you know, I mean, you'll be sore, but it's not going to be too yeah. difficult. What, what, uh, last few questions before we wrap. We talked about earlier <laughs> and something I sh- talk about with the athletes I work with every single day is you, you can't fall in love with the outcome and results. You got to fall in love with the process. And you talked earlier about, you know, staring at the rower for hours on end, um, you know, doing those types of things. How do you continually stay, you know, in love with that, that, that aspect of your training? Hmm. You know, the, it's definitely not just all, all peaches and cream, but you know, I, I think I, when I did fall in love with it was, uh, going from one competition to the next and, and you know, it was just something I was so bad at. Um, and so I just was like, all right, well, when that comes up again in competition, I want to be better. Mm. How do I work on that? And so, you know, it was just smaller doses of, I want to be better at something. Okay. How do I build an attack plan to go against that? And, and then seeing the results, Yeah. but just the constant reminder of, you know, all of this will pay off. You know, this is your, this is miserable now. Um, but when, when you're placed in front of other competitors and in front of spectators, that moment's going to be so glorious <laughs> that you're going to want to spend the whole next year chasing that feeling yeah. again. It's a combination of that. And then also, you know, keeping my failures fresh in my mind. Um, you know, I went into the 2015 season, just cutting all kinds of corners and, and not doing things correctly and, and just remembering, you know, the, the disappointment at the end of that week and then having to live with that for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's that as well. And then, and then always, always remembering too, like, this is bigger than this moment. You know, this is, these, these accomplishments are going to follow me around for the rest of my life. You know, Mm -hmm. I can, I have the choice of making these memories and having your legacy, right? I mean, yeah, like it's, it's amazing. That's that's super it's, powerful. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a choice I make, and it's like, all right, you can you can write the story for the rest of your life. You can carry this with you. Um, so, I remember after the 2015 season, you know, it was a strong possibility that I may never win, may never win the games, mm-hmm. and I'd have to live with that. You know, I'd be the guy that the lovable loser that kept getting <laughs> second place or mm-hmm. wh- whatever it was. I remember going into the 2016 season petrified of. Uh, hitting, hitting, you know, my 50s, 60s and thinking, what if, you know, you know, what if for 
that six months, I kept a solid sleep schedule. What if I had just stopped eating a pint of ice cream a night? You know, would, <laughs> would that have made the difference of me winning or getting second place? And, uh, and I, I remember I dealt with that for a long time of like, I am not going to leave anything up to what if. Mm-hmm. You know, what if my school schedule wasn't as hectic? What if my diet was cleaner? What if my sleep schedule was better? No, I'm every aspect that goes into that. I'm doing the best version of it possible that I can do. Matt, thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I, uh, yeah, it's it's been amazing talking to you, man. Best of luck to you and, and congrats. It's it's incredible what you've done so yeah, far. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Train is produced by Nike Training Club Pro. To join the premier network for fitness professionals everywhere, go to nike.com slash ntcpro. The best of Nike, exclusively for trainers. That's the end of our first season of Trained. Thanks for listening, you guys, and sticking with the show. Season two starts in December, and we'll be back with more of the brightest minds in holistic training. Everyone from world-renowned psychologists to our own Nike master trainers to some of the biggest athletes in the world. I'm Ryan Flaherty. See you soon. Consult your doctor before engaging in an exercise program of any kind, especially if you have a medical condition. Use good judgment and common sense about your own fitness level and ability when engaging in a training program. If something doesn't feel right, stop immediately and seek medical attention as necessary.